welcome to the Defenders Podcast, a fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. I'm Mel. I'm not singing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Matt. You know where I'll be on. And we, I don't know why we, we sang, maybe because, I, I, oh, well, we'll get into that later. Uh, and we have a very <laughs> special guest with us this week. Um, along with the, thing, the singing theme, I'm going to say it's the Melodious Moira. Oh, <laughs> Yay. Yay. Welcome, Moira. Welcome back. Yes, indeed. I've been here before. And uh, frequent <laughs> feedback. <laughs> Everything we have to say about the episode, we should just sing. Everything we have to say about the episode. <laughs> I really liked yeah. this scene. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Moira, you've been sending us feedback every week because you are fabulous. Um, mostly, yeah. Well, mostly. Most, most weeks, yeah. <laughs> so you're watching along with us, and so you, yes. um, you know, haven't seen next week's ep- uh, finale yet. Correct. I have been behaving myself. Mm, I have no so idea what good. happened yet. You're, the will is strong in you, Moira. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> cool. Um, and you are also coming back for Daredevil Season 2. Of course. Awesome. <laughs> oh, so good. Speaking of Daredevil Season 2, there was a little promo thing that was released yeah. today. Um, Robin, you're not allowed to watch it. It, it was like a motion thing that was like ter- 20 seconds. No, I didn't say in the description. What if it had spoilers, Robin? I didn't even see it. It just popped up on my wall. And all of a sudden, it started automatically playing. And then you watched the whole thing. Yeah, and then he watched it, because he knows it's <laughs> So I was just like, ah, oh, nothing's not, happening here. He's, spoiler- like, standing up. <laughs> it's not spoilery. It's fine. But it kind of celebrates uh, Chinese New Year, which was cute. And it's just basically setting up Daredevil Season 2. Um, there was also some concept art, which I haven't put on the on the page yet, but I will probably after we record. Um, that was released today, and it was two concept designs for Daredevil's red costume for season one or season two. I'm not actually sure. And they kind of look similar to what the costume looks like at the end, apart from the first one is a lot more red, and I actually really like the first one. So I'm like, oh, I hope they lead to that in the series, because that would be cool. Yeah, all the red, all the red. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so that's I think the only news for this week. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was like, is there any more? No, unless anyone else has seen any news. It's Year of the Monkey. Yeah, yes, the Chinese New Year, which is my my year actually. I'm Year of the Monkey. Oh. I think that's 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 terrifying. Why <laughs> Year of the Monkey shines? <laughs> it's so scary. We all know how scary monkeys are. I just thought of something. Is Daredevil? Once we get to Defenders, the show, is Daredevil going to be the only, like, loser in the group who's wearing a costume? <laughs> well, at the moment, we don't know. But, what I mean, out of all of them, I mean, hopefully, they're going to put Luke Cage in his costume at some point. Uh, you know, He doesn't have a costume. He does. In the, in the 70s, he did. He wore a tiara. Uh, That's know. not a costume. <laughs> <laughs> and he had a big chain around his waist. Um, the only other one that has a costume is Iron Fist, and yeah, but I really hope we get the Iron Fist. That'd be they, that, that costume is too silly. Oh, it'd be amazing, though. Mm. Maybe we'll get um, uh, Trish in her Hellcat costume. 
I'm I'm just I'm just picturing like the hero shot of all four of them walking down the street and they're all like in their street clothes and Daredevil's like just the, the weirdo in the in the costume. They're like you can tell which yeah. one of us is blind. Oh, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> they could get Trish in her Hellcat costume as well. There you go. Punisher could have his costume. Uh, I don't know. Uh, the should. wizard. The wizard could have his costume. <laughs> just for that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, maybe like someone else could turn up in their costume. I don't know who. Uh, someone random. Yeah. So that's the. <laughs> anyway, that's the news for this week. Kilgrave's dad. <laughs> Kilgrave's dad is the wizard. Yeah, in his costume. Kilgrave, you know, is oh in, is in season two, but he's absolutely painted purple this time. Yes, Moira. I have a question for you about Trish and the Hellcat thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in comic book reality, <laughs> mm-hmm. when does that happen? What do you mean? Like, well, when does she become Hellcat? What well, this is the this is the the, the oh, this is the hard thing with with Trish because Patsy Walker was a character right. in the comics before Hellcat, and it so that was like the kind of Archie like Hannah Montana character in the comics um, was Patsy Walker, and then years later they introduced the character of Trish Walker, which is her more as a grown up and who's mm-hmm. um, Ultra Ego was Hellcat and then but said that the Patsy Walker stuff was in the was Marvel continuity but they were stories written by Trish's mum but I think Hellcat was introduced in the 70s I want to say why well no because I was trying to understand whether Trish as Hellcat ever shows up in the Jessica Jones comic book world no, she's not in, in it okay. at all. In the okay. comics, um, the character that Trish basically plays in the comics, like the best friend and confidant of, of Jessica mm-hmm. Jones, is played by Carol Danvers. But she couldn't be used in Jessica Jones because her alter ego is Captain Marvel. And she's getting they're doing a Captain Marvel film um, in uh, like as one of the Marvel films in a few years. So they couldn't use her um, okay. because they were obviously saving her origin for that. And if they had her in Jessica Jones, then she would have already had an origin, like potentially. Gotcha. Conflict of interest. Okay. Yeah. So that's the reason. But I quite like that they chose Hellcat because you get the whole, you know, with Carol Danvers, you wouldn't have had the whole thing with Trish's mom and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that kind of thing. I, I, I think she cool. fits really well. Yeah, and she's sort of... Okay, you've, you've nicely cleared that up for me. Thank you. That's well, what that I new, do. Uh, promo image came out for season two as well <laughs> that you posted. Yeah, there was a promo yeah. image as well released this week. Uh, Robin, she's reminding me, which uh, was of the little smashed Matt Murdock glasses. And it's like, <gasps> yeah, scandal. So, yeah, they've released that I as well. No trailer yet. Hopefully soon. Uh, and hopefully I'll be on, um, when the trailer is released, I'm going to be on the other Murdoch uh, Papers podcast with Christine um, discussing the trailer like we did last year. So that'll be cool. Uh, cool. Going in, in depth. Um, yeah, so that'll be fun. But I'll obviously mention that as and when it happens. Right. So you guys ready for this week's episode? Jewel yeah. and the Power Man? A.K.A. Such a better Take a title. Bloody number. They can't put that title, though, because <laughs> it basically says what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because this episode was called Jewel and the Power Man, which in which you go, oh, okay, so it's going to be like Jessica versus Luke. Um, and then they change it to AKA Take a Bloody Number. Um, it's not Jewel versus the Power Man. It says Jewel, no, it was Jewel and the Power Man. Yeah, but it basically tells you that it's going to be something to do with Luke and Jessica. And at this point, but, like you guys were already predicting, you know, Luke versus Jessica. So I think it kind of confirms that it would be that. 
Um, I think I don't. I just think it's a bit too much of a spoiler for a title, so that's probably why they got rid of it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so they take changed. a bloody nap. Yeah. So this was written by Hilly Hicks Jr. and directed by Billy Gerhardt. Uh, so Hilly Hicks um, uh, Jr.'s written uh, other episode as well uh, in previous one. And we start off directly where we left off. Um, I should also say, Moira, before we started recording, you mentioned that this is the perfect episode for you. Um, is that just because <laughs> you got to see lots of shirtless Luke Cage? <laughs> well, that's part of it. <laughs> but, but what I was really, really referring to was because this was the episode that was being shot while we, meaning you, me, and Robin, were in New York City last summer. It was, yeah. So I, I got so excited when I realized where they were in Central Park. I'm like, yeah. oh, yay. Because a so, few yeah, minutes after cool. that, you were there, Moira. <laughs> Yes, you, when she was off. Yeah. yeah. So when we yeah, get to that scene, cool. I'll kind of say a bit more about it. But yeah, it was uh, it was kind of ironic that you got this episode. It was cool. Um, yeah, when we got that scene, I was like, oh. <laughs> so, so you guys were there while that scene was being filmed? or? Yes, I, well, I was, yeah. But this is yeah. the day well, there for this episode. I'll, I'll, ter- I'll tell you about the day, the, the sort of scenes later, Um uh, that was around the time that Robin and I were in Central Park, like kind of going through the park and we saw the trailers and stuff. And then I saw a film being, um, a scene being filmed. And then after that, um, that's when I met up with Moira in Central Park. So Dave Maresca, um and I were there for the, uh, for when the scene was being filmed. We saw it being filmed, which was cool. Did you see when she was blocked in by all those breeders? <laughs> no, because I would have been like, ah, breeders, ah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yes, and I'll, I'll put in my, my two cents worth because there's a point in there where Jessica's doing something. I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, that's exactly what I was doing in exactly that spot. <laughs> anyway, I'll explain later. <laughs> I hope it so, wasn't watching somebody kill themselves. <laughs> yeah, it was going through dead people's um, bags. That's what one was doing. <laughs> I never knew. <laughs> Moira's like the Fagin of Kingston, Canada. But that was earlier in the day. <laughs> yeah. So we start off with the explosion. Luke and Jessica are hiding from the authorities. Uh, Luke confirms that it was Kilgrave that made him blow up the bar um, and said that he had to blow up the bar with uh, while he was in it and Jessica was watching. And then we get a flashback. And last week, um, Robin, you were saying, we better see this, you know, when Kilgrave left the restaurant from his point of view. So I was thinking, hee, 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 hee. I know, I knew right? he would. <laughs> I was so, giggling throughout this entire episode. It was so much good. <laughs> so we get to see what happened like after Kilgrave runs with Albert out of the, the, the restaurant after Hope kills herself. And that's in that um, Luke runs up, is going to kill him. And then he only, <laughs> Kilgrave only turns around because there's that random blonde woman who goes, <gasps> which makes me laugh every time. <laughs> it's like she gasps <laughs> and Kilgrave turns around. Otherwise, he'd pretty much be dead by now. Um, yeah, it's like, who is that? And I realized, I oh, it's just the driver they were controlling. <laughs> I know. I was <laughs> like, who's this random blonde woman? Uh, and this is know. where we get she's the scared, title. She's scared of black people. That's all we know about her. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, and this is where we get the episode title because Luke says he's there to kill Kilgrave. And Kilgrave says, <laughs> Mel. I don't know what he's Jordan, saying. Oh, man. <laughs> he says, say a bloody number. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, where's my bell? There you go. Hey. Oh, hey, wait. 
Well, he told him to take a number, and he didn't do it. It failed. <laughs> he said, take, take a bloody number. I know. Bloody number. Yeah. Yeah, what, he should, what Luke should have done right then is, like, looked around for a number. Like, a he, bloody number. He probably would have found, like, the license plate on the car, and he would have, like, cut somebody with it. And Then, then he, he could have bludgeoned it. Kilgrave to death with it, and then it would have been bloody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, folks, if you're eating right now while you're listening to this, just stop for a second. I wanted to posit the theory that maybe he would have to take a bloody number, too. Oh. Okay, continue eating. But he didn't. He didn't say the number. <laughs> no. <laughs> so Kilgrave makes them all get in the car. Oh, sorry, Mel. Go on. Sorry, he didn't specify the number. So yeah, you could be either. Two works. Yeah. Two or works. he could have punched Kilgrave into his bowels and ripped out a a bloody poo out of Kilgrave. That would be taking <laughs> a bloody number two. That's right, Robin. I went there. You 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 up you up the whole thing. That's good. Yeah. Uh, challenge, okay. challenge now, you're, accepted. now you're the bad guy. Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Kilgrave, um, I apologize, listeners. Kilgrave makes them get in the car, and um, Kilgrave argues that it was Jessica that killed Reva, not him. Um, and then Kilgrave's not very impressed when he learns that Luke and Jessica were lovers. He does the David Tennant eyebrow of disapproval, as I call it. <laughs> so you're like, oh dear. Um, back in the present, Luke says that he's now completely lost Reva as the his, the bar was his last link to her. And I got really sad at that point. I was like, oh, so sad. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's really sad. It was the last thing to his wife and it's destroyed. So now he's got to go and find his own series. <laughs> uh, and Luke says that Kilgrave doesn't know about his skin, which means that Kilgrave thinks he's dead. Obviously, later on, we find that's not true. Um, the police drive by, so... Uh, Luke leaves, they both get on the bike as Luke has nowhere to go, Jessica takes him back to hers at the office, uh, the office is completely destroyed from the fight with Simpson um, and this is when she, they sort of both kind of apologise to each other and Jessica starts to talk about killing Reaver and says that she thinks it was that that severed um, Kilgrave's control over her, what do you guys think about that because you kind of guessed at that before that killing this, this you know, killing, the act of killing is the thing that made Kilgrave not be able to control her anymore. Mm. Yeah, I mean, people do things that they don't want time mm-hmm. when Kilgrave is around, so what's the difference? Don't know. Yeah, and I don't understand how this works in with uh, why we're testing Jessica's blood and all that, you know, like, it's either something that's biological or it's a mental thing. Well, we know it's something that's not biological because the uh, vaccine without, At the work. risk of boring you all to tears, can I just of irritating me more and more the further we go because it doesn't really make any sense it really doesn't and i don't know why they felt they had to switch it from the comic book and especially when the father was like spraying perfume onto himself i was like this would work better if this was pheromones i mean you can you can to be fair you can have a viral spray like there is a flu shot that's a nose spray for kids right that you can absolutely have a vaccine that's a spray that's believable but again it doesn't work Two seconds, guys. I don't know. I had a theory. I mean, this is a show that didn't know that your liver is actually on the right side of your abdomen. So I'm thinking, <laughs> it's not. These guys just need a medical advice. I'm volunteering. Jessica Jones, feel free to contact me with your medical questions because then at least this would be logical. I'm going to put your name forward to uh, Edward Reichelt, Moira, for season two. <laughs> would, would you please? It's too late, though. It's too late. They've already. <laughs> 
that storyline. So. Oh, Maybe well, for another eventually, right? I I think it should have been pheromones as well. Personally, <laughs> I think it. I think I do think it works better. Um, it would mean that they don't have the whole thing of it's exactly twelve hours. It's exactly a hundred yards or whatever, which is my main beef with the yeah. way Kilgrave's powers work. In regards to whether it's a biological thing or it's Jessica being able to over- overcome it, Robin, I think like the fact that that the vaccine doesn't work shows that it's not a biological thing. It's not a special thing about Jessica's blood. It's it is a psychological thing. So they it's sort of like a red herring earlier in the series. Um, but I do oh, think cool. it should have been pheromones. Yeah. No, and I was just going to say, and the idea that, because you're asking whether she could overcome it just because of, you know, emotion. Well, yeah, if it were all viral, of course not. That would make yeah, no exactly. sense whatsoever. Yeah. yeah, It'd be like willing away your hepatitis C. You can't do that, you know? It doesn't work. Mm. So, yeah, I, I just wish they hadn't gone this direction. That's well, we could do a Doctor Who thing where, uh, you know, we are we could cure all the Kilgrave's victims with love. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Don't. Oh man, that's depressed me. Ugh. You mean the yellow? Or you can trail. scream at it. I am the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you know who I am? I'm the doctor. Okay, Jesus, it's me. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. So they're at the office. Um. Because she, Luke basically says that he wants to help Jessica kill Kilgrave. Jessica says that he needs to hit the twelve-hour mark um, for control. And so Luke goes to sleep while Jessica um, is listening to the police scanner. This is our first uh, look at shirtless Luke. I wrote down because um, <laughs> it was for a reason, not just because it's Mike Coulter's shirtless. I wanted to say, because I don't think I mentioned it in previous uh, previous episodes. I really like the fact, and I know a lot of fans complained about it when Mike Coulter was cast. I like the fact that he's not kind of built like, you know, a, a sort of... He's not super ripped. He's not like a Chris Hemsworth, you know, like Chris Hemsworth, because Chris Hemsworth, Thor is a god, you know. I like that he's a big guy, but he's not super ripped. He's just a big guy. You can believe he's strong. Because he's got a little bit of a He's got a little bit of a Yeah, I love it. He's got little love handles. Yep. Because, like, in... (laughs) (laughs) He would obviously be strong because he's a big guy, but his super Mm -hmm. strength comes from... It's a it's a superpower as well because he's obviously like like he says later he was testing out his strength and what he could do and stuff. So it, it doesn't have to come necessarily from from his physicality. Like Jessica isn't super buff. She's just got this like super strength. So I, I like the fact that they didn't get someone who's ultra ripped. I like the fact as well in comparison to, for instance, Charlie Cox is kind of more super ripped, almost as Daredevil, because he's a guy that has spent his life training to be that that fit and athletic i like the difference also luke cage in the comics eats a lot of pizza so he would have a little a little <laughs> smell set <laughs> and then pooch um so kilgrave and albert leave uh, the venue that we see later and kilgrave is complaining that his reach is still only uh, 100 foot even though that's up from 80 <laughs> and there was apparently hecklers in the back row saying, get off the stage, asshole. What did you think of this at this point? Because when I watched this episode originally, I was like, oh, my oh my God, please tell me that Kilgrave was singing. Please tell me Kilgrave was singing. I, oh, my God, <laughs> I would have died happy. On the Netflix, on the Netflix um, preview image, it's always been for us, it's always been a like a screenshot of him at, on, on the a stage, stage with a microphone. microphone. Yeah. We were hoping it would be a musical episode. Yeah, and Jessica, like, walking towards him. I'd 
the final episode. I was happy to see it was in this one. Good. Mm. There's a, a, a little sort of known British TV series from years ago that David Tennant was in before Doctor Who called Blackpool. I don't know if you guys have seen it. And it's a musical and David Tennant sings in it and dances. And I was just like, oh, please let him sing. Oh, it'd be amazing. I was just hoping that we'd get Kilgrave singing. Oh, maybe some Sex Pistols or something. Oh, it'd be adorable. <laughs> some Janet Jackson's Control. Oh. Control. No, he'd have to sing like some real Brit punk. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Just, I don't know. Just be great. Um, so I put a spell on you because <laughs> you're mine. Thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> It'd be so good. Welcome. Um, <laughs> Kilgrave makes this guy, this guy who sort of leaves and speaks to Kilgrave, he makes him go and face, face the fence forever, <laughs> which is like, oh my god. And later on, we see him again, and he's still standing there and he's shivering and he's obviously like wet himself, and it's like, oh. Yeah. Guy. And I, that's I like fucking that his powers lasting a lot longer than like twelve. Or yeah. I like how I like how we made that guy do that quote unquote forever just to like show a point to his dad. He's like, but it's not really forever. He is a dad. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Suck, dad. He's such a he's such a like petulant child. Like he really is. He's just like yeah, me. He's like, he's like, like it's, it's it's incremental, not exponential. Yeah. Well, even when he's complaining to Luke, it's like he's complaining like he's the jilted lover. Like, you know, and he's when he was complaining to Wendy, it's like, oh, Jessica's so cruel to me. You know, it's not fair. It's it's just, oh, it's insane. Um, yeah. And he even blames Jessica um, later for, for, like, making Luke attack Jessica. He says it's her fault because she failed the test and the test was him trying to stop her, like trying to regain control over her. And he says, well, it's your fault because you failed the test. It's, oh, it's just... Yeah, he oh. just like it's so. He never oh. takes any. Yeah, go on, Moira. Find out, you know, in this episode that he's keeping his dad alive for this purpose. Because I honestly didn't see this coming. Like it didn't occur to me that that Kilgrave was going to make his powers more, you know, mm-hmm. omnipotent. I really, you know, let's control all of New York City. Yeah. That's a scary yeah, thought ex- when they say okay. about you know over the radio and stuff. Yeah. It's like, can you imagine? Yeah. Because <sighs> yeah. because last week I was. Oh, he's probably going to take the pills that made Trish get superpowers uh, and fight Jessica, you know, one on one. And maybe that'll still happen. But I did not expect him to be no. like, oh, I'm going to amp my powers. So I don't know. <laughs> Jessica's probably going to face like an army of innocents next week or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I actually felt a bit dense because it took me a second. to um, The scene where we first see again it took me a second to understand where he physically was because mm-hmm. when luke says to jessica oh two days ago i followed you to that restaurant my brain went what what re- what are you mm-hmm. talking about and it took me a minute to realize he meant oh yeah the one where they almost hung themselves so mm-hmm. and then we see that blonde woman and you know how you guys all said you know it took it again it took me a second to understand she was just some lame driver that he was controlling because yeah. right. at first i thought okay clearly that's his dad and then i'm like wait no that can't be his mom that's not his mom she's dead and it, my brain was so stuck on trying <laughs> to figure out what the what was going on that I thought am I the only one that was completely confused at the beginning of this episode because <laughs> you all sound like you were you were totally in with it I'm like wow it took me no. a couple of a couple of watches okay. oh to I go, feel better now <laughs> yeah and no it, it definitely took me a while because I yeah I I was really confused because I didn't know like if this was we were going to have the reveal that Luke Luke had tracked down Kilgrave like ages ago like weeks ago and yeah. Kilgrave had yeah. been controlling him the entire time and that's what I thought for a minute and then I was like oh no it's only been two days yeah and I then think, you I know for me well to know two oh sorry go on, go on. no sorry I was just gonna say for me to even know two days what that means in Jessica timeline is beyond me because mm-hmm. I'm just so rolling with it that I'm not thinking about what day it is you know yeah 
I think as well, like saying about he's, you know, Kilgrave's trying to increase his powers. I think his, he says he, like his main reason is he just wants to regain control of Jessica. Mm-hmm. That's all he wants because he can control other people. It, the mm-hmm. whole thing about being able to control more people from, you know, for longer, from further away is just kind of a bonus as to, okay. you know, he wants total control because then it must be that he can control Jessica. I think he just thinks if he's powerful enough, he'll be able to control her. Wow. Um but we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So Luke is um, asleep on the, in bed and Jessica mm-hmm. calls Trish, who's being discharged from hospital that day. Um, the dead guys have been uh, have vanished from Trish's apartment. Um, Simpson has gone from um, uh, Jessica's apartment, obviously. And Trish argues that Simpson was a good guy before the drugs. And Mel goes, no, no, he wasn't, Trish. <laughs> I actually, okay. So I actually said when he she said he's he's actually said no he isn't and i was like what symbiosis there yeah this is um i think uh one of the first clues into season two i think uh is in this conversation where trish mentions that they cleaned her apartment and jessica said that they didn't clean hers and there's something weird about the fact that uh you know they removed all trace of the these uh these dead bodies but when they took uh simpson out they didn't you know remove any trace of uh the big battle that happened there so i don't know it, it was it was uh weird but what um, do you think that means like what well i'm thinking that this this whole this whole branch of uh people or whatever that are in control of will i think we're on hold and yeah yeah the whole igh stuff all the stuff that has to do with their origins i think this is like teasing season two uh i can't imagine this is all going to get resolved i think there's a big a big tease later in the episode um Mm -hmm. we'll get to which I, i i kind of agree i think they're sort of teasing it but also i thought maybe they didn't clean up jess's apartment because she's known for there's always violent stuff going on at her apartment you know the the, you know the police must have been called out she's a pi um so it makes you know they could just leave it whereas trish is very high profile she's a celebrity so they'd really have to like kind of clear out jessica's apartment people got hurt yeah yeah true i also the fact that uh, jessica (laughs) says the line but she does say that use the term big bad in this yeah, conversation yeah, that's, that's, yeah. The, that's awesome. the clue i mean when she says she's saying about dr kozlov and she says um i can only fight one big bad at a time so you're right. like okay so is this dr kozlov going to be the big bad for season two? part of season two yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. um when is just, she going to fight the master <laughs> that is it in next week's episode matt i don't want to ruin it for you. i know and and igh and the initiative same first initial i'm sorry there's just too many parallels yeah. i've got a theory I, about igh well i can go into later that it stands for ingrown hair yes that's it yeah okay that's what i wrote down. uh so that's exactly <laughs> so um trish hangs up and then hears a noise at her door so she grabs a knife and she thinks it's simpson but instead it's rebecca de mornay it's her mum, who appears with some flowers um we get some cool bits in the scene like dorothy says that she always listens to trish talk and she would listen even if trish wasn't her daughter and she's worried that when the show wasn't on she was worried that trish might have relapsed um and then she actually does admit that she used to be an awful mother so what do you guys think? Because obviously they develop her the relationship between these two a bit in this episode. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I think I wanted to believe her at first, but I shouldn't have. <laughs> so because she almost yeah. like later, it is a bit like she's doing um, 
she's giving her an ultimatum because it's kind of like, well, you know, there is more information if you want it, but, you know, you have to come visit to get it because it's at the house. But she also, there was a financial incentive, right? She wanted to pimp her out for promoting some Yeah, this was all about that. Yeah, Yeah. so it's just about money. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you, Matt. At first, I thought it was genuine, and then I thought, no, this she's the same person. She, mm-hmm. Lepers don't change their spots. She still just really wants her for the money. But she also says, uh, I think maybe it wasn't so much for the money for her, though, wasn't it for her friend? Because it was her friend's business. And then she says something about, you forget when we had no money, um, you know, mm-hmm. because you have money now. So it might be that she's it, she is kind of using Trish still, but it is it's not completely selfless, but it isn't as a favor for her. Because she's got oh, money, she's got money yeah. from the, um, yeah. the 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 checks, you know, from um, what are they called? You know, the, the checks because of uh, royalties, yeah, the royalties. royalties? That's it. Yeah. From um, uh, from it's the show. Yeah. yeah. So I thought maybe it's that, but it, it, you know, it, the fact that it is to do with money, Trish kind of takes it it badly. So I think it's kind of a bit of both. Yeah, I, I sort of thought. Yeah, I don't think. But it's I couldn't imagine. Okay, I don't understand what she's referring to when she says old files because the only thing she brought, um, Jessica, were, was insurance bits from when she was a kid. Like who paid the bills was mm-hmm. IGH, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what old file? What are you talking about, Patsy? Or not Patsy, Dorothy? <laughs> she's, you know, I thought you're just making this shit up. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting. I, I don't. Like... I don't trust that woman at all. <laughs> <laughs> because it's Rebecca De Mornay. <laughs> she's the hand that rocks the cradle. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, she says there's, I mean, it's interesting, obviously, that there is, like, like IGH have paid for Jessica's medical bills. And like we said last week, um, it's not necessarily the being hit by the car that gave Jess superpowers, but maybe there was something on the truck. Um, Or I'm thinking, was it something that happened in hospital after when she was recovering and they got to her? Maybe, yeah. yeah. Or I'm thinking, and, and is this where Luke's powers came from too? Like, do we find out they were all toyed with by IGH? I don't know. Well, one thing as well, linking, again, it's kind of skipping ahead a bit, is that Jess, <laughs> when Jess gives Luke the USB, she says there's lot there's uh, experiments of kids on there. She says there's mm. lots of other files, but I didn't open them. So we don't know what's on there. Mm. No, Which and the key to the entire that, Marvel universe. <laughs> well, <laughs> but I'm glad you brought that up because I still am completely lost as to how Reba, right? Reba's his mm-hmm. wife who died. Yeah. Okay. How is Reba? How did she even have access to that in the first place? Like, what does she have to do with? How is she implicated? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming she worked there. I think a lot of that she stuff, was, like, yeah. like genuinely, um, when I when I spoke to to Edward Rycourt, because I know like you guys, I don't know if you've listened more, but I know like you guys haven't been able to listen to it yet. But one of the things that like, he mentioned to to me and Matt was obviously in terms of writing Luke Cage, there's for Jessica Jones, you're writing him in a series that isn't his own series, so you need to leave a lot of mystery because it's stuff that they don't necessarily know. So they have on purpose, they did have to leave a lot of. Um, you know, not plot holes, but, you know, like spots to be filled in later because okay. that would be stuff that they'll potentially go into in Luke's TV series. So okay. I'm imagining that might be something that they'll explore in the Luke Cage show and possibly in a Jessica Jones season two. Um, but I but like that yeah. in 
Yeah, but I like that in general, the way all of this is weaving together, the way you guys keep making jokes about how, um, you know, Murdoch should be re- representing some of these. Yes. <laughs> of, right. Like, I'm like, yes, that would be so amazing. So <laughs> I think it'll be cool if it all gets gradually woven like a giant basket weave. Cool. Well, it's like I wanted, like, when the bar blew up, I wanted, like, there to be some people who are about to go in and get a drink, or they're standing there, like, these two drinkers watching the bar burn, and they're like, oh, well, let's, you know, Josie's is just around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just like a reference, they're like, oh, I'll go to Josie's instead. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Um, so, uh, where are we up to? So, Jessica has a theory, um, and mentions to Luke that it's been 14 hours, so they think, oh, you know, he's going to be okay. At this point, they don't know that Kilgrave's power lasts longer. Uh, Luke wants to go too, and Jessica, like, saying about Luke, kind of not, us not having all the info about him, Jessica actually says that she thinks Luke is someone who has secrets, and she doesn't need to know them, and I think that's kind of her speaking for the audience, because it's like, yeah, there is stuff (laughs) going on with this guy, but this isn't his series, and maybe we'll find out in his, you know. Um... And Luke says he's with Jessica till Kilgrave is dead. Uh, so her theory is that Kilgrave's trying to increase his power, which is why Albert is alive. Uh, and then Jessica sees Malcolm leaving. Does he leave twice? Because he's got the same bag and he's leaving. Yes. And then I was Thank like, you. He, did he go back and then leave again just to be like, well, okay, I'm did he? Now. No, no. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe he packed some things, took them to his new abode, came back. Packed another the same bag again. I don't know, yeah. but I noticed that too that it was a like bit it, odd. <laughs> it, it felt it felt like this time was his last time. It looked like he was like locking it up for good or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just so I, don't, I just oh this scene he really annoys me because she, you know <laughs> she's like where are you going? He's like I'm going away from you. <laughs> it's like oh do you know what? Okay, I think what's happened to him is he's been spending too much time with Robin and <laughs> yeah, she's I infecting so. him. <laughs> That's what's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> And then he says the line about, I'd rather face the pain and anger like of his parents than this loneliness I feel around you. And I'm like, well, Jessica doesn't owe you anything. (sighs) You don't owe each other anything. And, like, why wouldn't you want to go and see your parents to tell them, hey, I'm alive, I got into a bad place for a few months, but I'm off the drugs and I'm going to rebuild my life? Like, I just Mm -hmm. didn't get it. I don't get his motivations at all. This would make sense if, like, she dumped him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel or, or lonely around she, you. Right, or if she had really deliberately harmed him. I mean, I know she sort of used him in the sense of getting to Kilgrave, but he was already under Kilgrave's spell anyway at that point. So but he's obviously just a really, really needy guy. Like, yeah. he can't be uh, by, by himself because he feels that if he is by himself, maybe he'll go back to the drugs because he's so lonely. You know it's who a else was cycle. a needy guy? Uh-huh. Ruben. Uh, uh, I was going to say, which is why I think maybe... Yeah, because you know who likes taking care of people, Robin? hmm. Yes, I do. (laughs) So Jessica's kind of just like, "Eh, whatever, Malcolm, and they leave. (laughs) She's just like, "Mm, no. Um, They go to the hotel room where Jessica originally found Albert and Louise, and they're looking through the stuff, and then (laughs) the mouthy landlord appears. Oh, and has, has sold all of the chemicals and stuff she could sell because she says there's a lot of thrifty meth cooks out oh, there. Oh, I love it. Um, but there's some chemicals left over, and she says that she'll sell them to them for $50, and I love that Luke just picks her up and moves her out of the way. <laughs> just like, <"Roop>, <laughs> <laughs> It's the only thing you can do. Yeah, it's just like, nope, drop. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's great. Um, but this is where they get the uh, idea to go to Zork Lab, which is... Um, 
where this chemical is from and it's a a de- what is an adeno? What does adeno associated mean, Moira? Do you know? Because they say it's an adeno associated viral compound for genetic brain disorders. But I didn't really I know. I have no idea. Meant. I swear yeah. to God, they're just making this stuff up. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, to me, I would think. Well, we use viruses to do to do all kinds of, of studies on, uh, you know different diseases and how to fight them. But mm-hmm. I don't know if they're trying to say that that's one of the basic building blocks they'd use to do those studies, maybe. I don't know. I just thought it was... Okay. Yeah. It was like on Charlie Brown when the teacher talks. Like, wah, 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 wah. I just kind of... Yeah. <laughs> I just edited that part out of my brain. <laughs> so we're at- it's like, whatever. It's just your plot thing to go forward. Fine. I'll go with it. I know it makes no sense, but okay. Exposition. Exposition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Giles appears and sings the exposition song. <laughs> um, so at Zolk Labs, Jessica threatens a guy um, and gets the info that Kilgrave apparently was there. Uh, and this is really this. I don't know. That made me laugh. <laughs> well, the Kilgrave was there, or she threatened. No, him. that she like just took some random, it just cut <laughs> yes. some random guy and shoving him against a fence. Like it was, <laughs> it was super random. Just yeah. Jessica throttling some nerd off in the distance. Yeah. You know? Oh my god! <laughs> and oh, super creepy, super creepy. I think. Yeah. What, what? What? I think that's what you're about to say, Claire. Is what she says about. Oh yeah, the just the fact inside. That, yeah, they're all inside and like they're working literally until they drop, and several of them have fainted, oh. and the whole place smelled like piss and shit. It's like oh, yeah. horrible. At, at, at first, I thought, I thought uh, since Kilgrave wasn't there, I thought they he had just told them to work straight through, and I thought the the twelve hour thing still applied. So I was like, people work for twelve hours straight without shitting themselves all, you know, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> without, no without, without faint, right no. you didn't tell them they could take a bathroom break oh i know i know but it, like yeah like or she so she mentioned when they were fainting and stuff too it was like people work for 12 hours <laughs> but maybe yeah. they didn't they didn't no drink break. they didn't do anything no drink i can work for 12 food. hours no food them. yep i don't believe it if <laughs> you you come to me every day at work <laughs> and you're like i'm hungry <laughs> <laughs> Eh, I could the truth see. comes out. <laughs> I'm hungry. Eh. I didn't know Matt was droopy dog. Yes. <laughs> yes, every day, every mm. single day at like two o'clock in the afternoon. Me, I'm hungry. <laughs> well, he's predictable. He's predictable. Yeah, and he's on you, time. Can, you can be prepared. Yes. <laughs> Do you have any scraps for me? <laughs> You're like Fauville. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he's no, he's Oliver and Oliver Twist with his little ball. Can you smell? I want Anyway, I thought it was very creepy because it served to remind me, that, you know, that Kilgrave's. Um, Casual utterances to people become literally implemented, and it's just horrifying. Like you said earlier in the series, he once told a guy to go screw himself. Can you imagine? It's like, oh. Uh, Um, So this is where Luke (laughs) tells Jessica that he he was wrong to blame her, and he forgives her for everything, and he will tell her every day until she doesn't (sighs) need to hear it anymore. Which is really Mm. sweet. Really sweet. Yeah, but you're like, oh. But I didn't really buy it. Why? I don't know. I didn't what? buy the whole like newfound like let's rebuild our relationship. Well, it, it seemed it, like it was too much too soon. No, really, sense. I was. It totally to me because he had been controlled, and now he knew what it was like. Yeah, was I know, like, but it felt uh, still felt too much too soon to mm. me. Mm. Oh, yes. You're I the agree, only crafty. I, I felt like that as well, Mel. 
Yeah. This made me squeeze so hard. Was, I was yeah, like, here we go, Jess and Luke. Like, here we go. Yeah, it was sweet. I was like, this is really sweet. Like, aw. But then I was like, wait, it's so, it's because so, he kept piling it on. Like, throughout the episode, and I was like, yeah, it's too much. It's getting too much to be too much. Like, Oh, it was great. And, uh, me at the end of this episode. <laughs> Watching it as well, like, this is the fourth time I've seen this episode and I I was watching like Mike Coulter quite <laughs> I was watching Mike Coulter very carefully in this episode um but there's a there's a few times where Luke seems quite agitated and obviously how you would be after being controlled but part of me was thinking is that because like subconsciously he knows he's got to get Jess to Kilgrave you know at some point before this control wears out so it's kind of he's aware that there's like he's sort of is not entirely aware of it, but has this feeling that there's like you know the ti- the clock's ticking. Do you know what I mean? Um, and watching it like that is quite interesting. Right. Oh, we couldn't cut out. You cut out. We didn't hear what you said. Oh, he's aware. Oh, <laughs> oh, I just said um, yeah. So watching Luke kind of this time, a lot of times he seems quite agitated, and I thought maybe it's because subconsciously he because he's under Kilgrave's control he knows that he's got to get Kilgrave he's got to get Jessica to Kilgrave and so it's kind of like frustration because the clock's ticking I don't know if you watch it like that though it's kind of it's kind of interesting yeah hmm. but there isn't there a, I know I'm poking holes sorry but, oh, but it seems well it seems to me it's a little bit of a thin thread to for Kilgrave to presume that Jessica's going to end up in that nightclub later because it was Jessica's idea to go back to mm-hmm. Albert's room and find the viral stuff. And that's what takes her to the lab. And then, you know, everything flows from there. I don't think so it was thinking, necessarily at the club, like as in he had to bring her to Kilgrave at the club. Okay. But I think you it think was it- at some point because I think Luke would have called Kilgrave because, you know, like uh, I think Luke would have called Kilgrave because – um, Kilgrave says he's been updating me on your, right. your thing. So I think Luke yeah. would have said, hey, we're going to this club. Okay. So you can meet us there type thing, you know? So the scene where he says he's calling his bartender to tell yeah. him he doesn't have a job, he's That's really talking weird. to Kilgrave. Yeah, that could be it. I didn't even pick up on that. But, yeah, that could have mm. been it. No, I mean, there's some great shots. and I mean, I wanted to call out this director. who's the only episode of Jessica Jones that he directed. But he's directed mm-hmm. other stuff like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, and he and he did some really great shots. Mm-hmm. And there is one really good shot where Luke is on the phone and his head's his head is in his hands. Yeah. And then you get this shot from the floor, and he does he he looks like he's under some sort of a mm-hmm. he look he looks kind of bemused, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, See, I was suckered completely and had no idea <laughs> that he was. I didn't under- catch this either. This is a oh, second. Good. This is a second watch. I was like, oh, okay, cool. so when is he under control, and what is real, and what's not, and. Neat. How I'm much not sure any of it's real. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I love it that you find those nuances in the direction and in the mm. shots they show. That's very cool. Well, and then the script as well, we should say, because mm. it's, um, mm-hmm. you know, it keeps you yeah. kind of guessing. Um, oh, yeah. gosh. Like some of the ones I wrote down were like the straight sign, the uh, the across the room with Jessica and Luke sitting on the couch together, the, the pan out when Jess is wearing those earbuds. Um, all mm-hmm. these, intri- mm-hmm. you know, and oh god, just the way the nightclub stuff is shot is it's, pur- really, it's just purple. Really great. It's like they're in purple hell. <laughs> it's yeah. like mm-hmm. that's so good. Um, so in we're back in Trisha's apartment. Uh, Dorothy's arrived and basically um, says she has this file on IGH and she wants a relationship with Trish, like we, you know we said earlier. 
Um, and she can, Trish can get more info from Dorothy if she goes to Dorothy's house. But um, Trish asked Dorothy to leave. So we kind of discussed that scene earlier um, a bit. Um, this is the most adorable thing I've ever seen in the next scene, which is Jessica is asleep against Luke. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. Oh, sweet. <laughs> I was squeeing like a thousand percent. Yeah. Um, so the cab approaches the lab and we see it's this courier. And when I was watching this episode and I saw this um, kind of Asian American courier, I was like, oh, that's the guy I saw. Right. So I was pacing up and down in my chair. Um, so Luke and Jessica follow him from Zork Lab on, on the bike to Central Park. So this would have, and I've written in my notes, Claire and Robin Day. Yay. <laughs> so Luke waits outside Thanks. the park for Jessica. Basically, when we were walking up into Central Park, there was a lot of signs saying they were filming in the park and the extras were in the church opposite the park, weren't they, Robin? They were yep. using the church to sort of house the extras. Um, and they had the we sort of went in the park around Strawberry Fields, um, around that area. And that's where a lot of the extras are sitting as well. And then um, followed the path down. And that's where the trailers were. And the trailers um, one had Elsie on it, one had JJ, so Luke Cage, Jessica Jones. So we knew that obviously Mike Coulter would be filming that day. And there was a third one, but I can't remember what it said. It had initials, but we couldn't match it to a character. I can't I remember. I thought it was like props or sound or something. No, like there was definitely initials, but it, it I, I, I don't know. Luke we, wasn't we, even there in that scene. No. No, what but there was, was um, I think they would have filmed the bit where he was walking into the, in, you know, like along the outside of Central Park because they probably only had like filming in Central Park maybe for a day so right. maybe they did that and then he had an easy day the rest of it just sat in his trailer <laughs> I don't know um, in front of a fan jeez yeah it was very very hot this day um, so we get the giant bubble man making his giant bubble and I was just like yeah that isn't cool <laughs> I agree with Jessica um, <laughs> Jessica walks down to Bethesda Terrace, which is my favourite place in, in New York. Um, and so in Bethesda Terrace, these people, like the people doing juggling and all that, we didn't see. Um, so I mm -hmm. think they must have filmed that earlier. Um, the bit that mm -hmm. I saw being filmed was when um, the courier had gone and dropped the bag off and killed himself with the shears. That's the bit we saw being filmed. And then Jessica ran up and found mm -hmm. the body and then did the whole mm -hmm. someone called 911 and ran off. So there's a shot that's kind of going back from that park to Bethesda Terrace or like near where the fountain is. And I think if it had probably panned like maybe 10 feet to the right, you probably would have seen me standing there wearing my Battling Jack Murdoch shirt. So <laughs> it would have been cool. But yeah, that's what that's the bit we saw filmed. So it was pretty cool. And I just think how hot Kristen Ritter See, must have been in that jacket that day because it was so oh. hot. That's what I was about to say. It was 30 degrees. We were yeah. dying. Yeah. And afterward, when I, I arrived and then we all we met up when we were walking, right, with the, you know with John and everybody, um, we were sweltering. I don't know how she was wearing that outfit. I all right. really it don't. was not actually 30 degrees. Oh, my God. We, didn't use, we don't use Canadian temperature over here. <laughs> it was like freaking like 80, 90 degrees. That was for Mel and Matt's benefit, Robin. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Um, it's American show. Yeah, but the part that I could relate to is when Jessica's in front of Bethesda Fountain and she's trying to find the courier. That's how I felt trying to find you, Claire. <laughs> she has no cell phone. That busy. Robin right, Robin has left her. There are people everywhere. Our job is to locate Claire so she's not alone in Central Park. Yeah. And we're all going, look around, she's got to be there. And then we spotted you across the way with your cute little little hair all done up in your little 
Pretty my bright red hair and my bright red battling Jack Murdoch shirt on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you never know who could be controlled by Kilgrave in the park, too. That's, that's, that's the other danger. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, it was cool because that's like, the, you know, the day we saw being filmed. So it was it was exciting. So I think I mentioned like ages ago, like after the New York trip, that it was this scene where there was this businessman and. I didn't know yeah. exactly what was happening, but um, that's what you told me. You're like, Jess, you saw Kristen meeting up with uh, some sort of Japanese businessman of some sort, and that's yeah, all like I running knew. up, and it looked like she was looking down at a body, but we couldn't see the body, so we didn't know what was happening. And at this point as well, the crew were being very like, "Oh yeah, this is we're filming Violet. It's not Jessica Jones, it's Violet." And we were like, <laughs> "Is there a website for Violet?" Oh, no, and you're like, "Yeah, come on, guys, it's Jessica Jones." Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was it was cool. So we finally got to this bit. So what right. was the purpose? What was yeah. the purpose of him telling this guy to go to this place, kill himself here? I agree. Tell me. Um, I think I guess that he like his Kilgrave was there because he says that Jessica almost saw him. So I think he must have met him there. Yeah. What? She then, got too close. Remember? Right. Yeah. So I think he wanted a public place with lots of people so he could make the the drop and get away. That's. My yeah, conclusion. and then Kilgrave must have grabbed the bag and then said, basically, mm-hmm. kill yourself, pick up those shears and kill yourself. And then he ran with the, the bag. And that's why you had those few moments where Jessica could find the guy. So you had enough time for that to, for Kilgrave to have said mm-hmm. that to him. It'd be interesting. Like, I did, I was looking out in the crowd to see if I could spot um, Kilgrave, but I couldn't. Like, you know, as in, that would have been cool if you saw him. So if you yeah. watched it second time, you actually saw him, but I didn't see him. So I, I doubt he's there. He's probably doing filming somewhere else. Um, yeah, that was confusing. I didn't realize he was there. I just thought he was instructed to bring this bag to a certain spot and kill himself. <laughs> I think he probably would have made. I, I, he probably wouldn't have made him kill himself if Jessica hadn't have been there. Like, mm-hmm. he probably would have been like the other people where he just makes them do something and then lets them go because him killing himself brings public attention, you know, and it's a very busy place and stuff, and it's attention that Kilgrave probably doesn't want. But because Jessica was there, I think maybe he does it kind of to cover himself, but also a bit out of spite to go. To Jessica, look, you're still following me, and by you following me, you are still getting people killed because that's his logic. And also, Jessica's well, and yeah, but also to play on her desire to save everybody, yeah. it'll distract her, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe. Um, so in the next scene, this is the one where um, where Luke is on the phone. He says it's to Roy, saying he needs a new job. Um, mm-hmm. This is also where Jessica's looking everywhere for booze, uh, and then Luke gives her finds a bottle under the sofa that he gives her. And uh, <laughs> then Jessica gives Luke the USB um, and mentions that there's lots of other files. And then Luke goes to use the shower. And maybe he called Kilgrave then as well to say, hey, I've got this USB. Because mm. he called him in the shower. <laughs> yeah, he's like, hey, I've got this USB and I'm naked. <laughs> I've, only got, I've only got a few more moments before this phone is ruined. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, then in the next the next scene, I've written well, Malcolm I'll, is leaving again, and then I put in brackets, "Just go already." Uh, <laughs> Wait, I have a point say. about the last thing. I want to know. Oh, okay. I want to know if if he had any instruction to find that USB, or if it just was a happy accident for Kilgrave. Um, we don't know from this episode. I could tell you whether or not we find out in the next one, but that'd be a spoiler. But I don't mind telling you. But uh, yeah, it's, it, it was probably just a happy accident. Hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking this uh, USB drive is going to come up in Luke Cage. Yeah, I think so, because mm. it's so connected with Reva, and she obviously yeah. wanted Luke to have it. Well, that's what Jessica says. So, um, 
so Malcolm's leaving. He sees Jessica and he walks away, really probably hoping that she notices him, but she doesn't give a shit. Uh, and and then he he's arguing point. from upstairs. And this is when Robin is attacking the Amazon woman, I guess. And yeah. we find out that Ruben had a pet chinchilla <laughs> who chewed through his <laughs> phone charger. <laughs> um, yeah. And we also find out that the reason his banana bread was so tasty was that he put nutmeg in it. I like that they're giving us baking tips on Jessica yeah. Jones. I'm going to try and make him. Ah, I never bread knew. I never knew. Now I'm going to put nutmeg um, in my bread. Okay. Probably the only useful thing to come out of the existence of the Robin character. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, I was uh, convinced at this point that uh, Robin was going to murder Malcolm because we get this one shot of Malcolm looking at his bag and then it's like a cue to the viewers like this is when he could get, he could get out now. He could go. But now he's in it, you know, if he, he's falling for this uh, uh, whole Robin act, you know, and, uh, you know, she's going to murder him because uh, um, he had something to do with uh, Ruben's you know, murder. So mm. <laughs> or something like that, or she's just crazy <laughs> or whatever. Um, now I'm just convinced that maybe he's just going to get murdered by something Kilgrave related in the last episode, because there was definitely a shot of him looking at the bag and then going back and getting back in, involved in it. But, you know, <laughs> the whole sequence that's about to ha- that Claire's about to describe between Robin and Malcolm, and even Malcolm's fate, this is a character that at one point I quite was interested in and kind yeah. of intrigued by, and now I'm so disappointed because I don't care at all, and I don't, I didn't need to have any resolution between Malcolm and Malcolm and Robin, <laughs> and I wish they hadn't even bothered to shoot the scene by the river because I don't care. I wonder if so, like, Robin is going to be a character in season two because oh that's I, just cruel don't say that. yeah but you know what I mean like I I honestly I honestly <sighs> go because like in Daredevil there's characters where you're you know you're like well they're going to turn up in season two like the right the 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 team around the hero so you've got Matt and then you've got right. his team which is kind of Karen and Foggy um you would have thought you would have had Ben but they killed Ben off. Um, but maybe like Brett Mahoney, people like that. So you think, well, and Jess, you've got Trish, you've got um, Malcolm, possibly, you, you know, maybe Robin. But then I'm like, well, what is Robin going to bring? You know, exactly. Like, See, that's, that's now that Robin's dead. I don't I don't really understand. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything for next episode. though. Obviously. Once the Defenders no. comes along, they should have all these side characters as the Defenders B team who go in when the A <laughs> team isn't available. Oh, God. Yeah. But I know that I was thinking at one point Malcolm would be useful to her in some way. You know, earlier on, it seemed like he might be. He might still um, have his uses, Moira. He, he might. But I, I just. Yeah. I, uh, they managed to make me just not care about him. So. Good job, writers. I think Robin's on her way to becoming a villain of some sort. Really? And, and yeah, yeah. Of the I super so. variety? No, of like super crazy. Variety. Uh, so anyway. they, so in the, um, so Kilgrave's in another stolen apartment yelling at Albert. They've got their little <laughs> jar of baby stem cells. It's not a jar baby, but it's a jar of baby <laughs> stem cells. Um, <laughs> nice callback. <laughs> Albert says that he's tired, and so Kilgrave makes him focus oh. by making him stick um, his hand in a blender, and says, "Are you focused now?" It's like, oh. That made me. Oh, that made me cringe so disturbing, much. so disturbing. Mm-hmm. It's um, like an abusive it, parent to his own dad. Yeah. <sighs> there's also a moment in here. I want you to get your little mental, um, your mental pin with your mental pin board. Okay, guys, got it? Got it ready? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kilgrave picks up a, f- a photo and says, hmm, uh, nice boat. 
Compliments they spoke. Oh. So just 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 remember that, guys. <laughs> Might come up in an Easter egg next week. <laughs> Easter egg spoilers. Ooh. Uh and uh, meanwhile, Luke and Jess are in the office. Luke is talking about when he first tested his powers and says Why? maybe Kilgrave is too. What? Why does he have to be talking to her shirtless? Is that really necessary? I think it's probably an instruction. <laughs> it's uh, it instruction to Kilgrave. Yes, At this totally. point, I was like, I okay, this is too much. This is just too much. <laughs> no, I, crossing I, the line. You guys are, have had a history. Why are you... Yeah, I think he... He's instructed. shirtless. From his it's point just, of view, he should have had his shirt on. I agree, Mel. Yeah. No, no. Uh, Kilgrave was probably like it was enticer bad, as it was, much as no, you can. No, it was in bad taste. <laughs> he, he. This is the point where uh, uh, Luke has now got to steer Jessica in the direction of finding this club. Mm-hmm. So he starts talking about, "Hey, I was just thinking. I used to test out my powers by working in a junkyard. What if Kilgrave is at this what moment for do? no apparent reason? Mm-hmm. What would he do? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Don't pay attention to I'm being super obvious and staring, steering you in this direction because I am shirtless right now. Don't be distracted <laughs> by my pooch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a little much. Um, but this is where we get the true. mention of horse fetishists in Central Park. Uh, listeners who live in New York. What the hell? <laughs> Everybody knows about that, Claire. Come on. I don't. <laughs> it's a well-known fact. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm worried <laughs> Anyone who knows what this is, I really don't want to Google it, guys. Is this a thing? I'm going to Google it. Can no, don't, most... no. Don't touch my computer. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm, I'm worried. I'm, I'm really worried. Um, so this is when we get another new story. No, about... Google's going to think I'm a horse fetish. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put a question mark so that you're like... <laughs> They're talking about uh, it. All and then the... someone else is gonna Google it. It's gonna come hey, up. You know what? This, on, is, on, this, on. Is, this is on like this is on like uh oh maybe they're talking about the people that get all upset about the horse carriages. Oh maybe. I can only imagine the ads that Google's gonna point in my direction now. <laughs> <laughs> It just sounds filthy. It's just like, ooh. Do you like a good game of horseshoes, Matt? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the other news story is entitled Magic Word is Wankers, which I cheered at because wankers is one of my favorite words. Wankers! (laughs) Yay! (laughs) I love it. Um, There was apparently a guy who walked on stage, told the audience to shut up, you wankers. And uh, (laughs) and then then most of them did shut up. And this is when uh, Jessica realizes that Kilgrave is getting stronger. Stronger in every way. Isn't that a song? I don't know. Uh, Luke grabs Jessica's hand because he doesn't want her to get hurt. (sighs) So sweet. In the next scene, we get a nickname Just from Robin to Malcolm. Did you guys see it or hear it? Broomstick. Yay! It's in, my... it's in your what? <laughs> um, so Ruben, uh, sorry, Ruben, <laughs> Malcolm obviously feels bad and has taken Robin to where he chucked her brother's dead body in <laughs> the river, um, which, which <laughs> Robin apparently thinks is a romantic backdrop. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, I also put in my notes. Malcolm <clears throat> tells her that Reuben is in the water, and then I put in brackets. I wonder if he told her that he has no head. <laughs> if he goes, yeah, he's in the water. Oh, but his head might turn up somewhere else because <laughs> his head got ripped off of his body by Jessica. Mm. Uh, yeah. And this is when we learn all about Pisces being the most forgiving sign <sighs> of the zodiac. Wow. 
when we were watching Jessica like stake out places and walk upstairs and everything mm-hmm. in this episode and just I, I thought about it again. I know I mentioned it before, but I'm like, you have the ability to fly. <laughs> If you guys had the ability to fly, she doesn't. would you not be using it all the time and not walking upstairs? She's run out of pixie dust, Matt. She can't fly. It's not the comics. She No, she can fly. No, she can't fly. She can. We established she did. Fly. She already did when we she picked up what's-his-name's body. And jumped away. Yes, you're right. Yeah. She jumped away. All right. Well, Claire told us she can fly. So that's what I, she can I don't fly believe Claire. Comics. She can fly in the comics, and they say... Did she just fly? So it seems like she flew. We don't get confirmation because we're not going to see her fly because this isn't that type of show. Which is, which right, is exactly. dumb. So we, yeah, so it's not that fly. kind of show that they're going to show her flying. doesn't mean she didn't fly. But if she but, can, why have her have that power then? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Matt's point is well power. taken. No, no, but Matt's point is well <laughs> taken because even when she's running up the stairs into the dance place, she could just, you know, take a giant leap and be at the top. There is a point in this fight where she does, it looks like she's going to try to fly, but it yes. also can be yes. taken as she's trying to leap at uh, at Kilgrave. And then so. when she gets outside and she's fighting Luke, I'm like, as soon as he, he like rears back for a punch, fly away. <laughs> she can. <laughs> yeah, she can. <laughs> she okay, can Hulk leap, jump. Leap That's away. all she can do. She can Hulk she can, jump. Yeah. Okay, well, Hulk jump onto the roof. <laughs> So, uh, I mean, she in the comics, she flies, but she doesn't fly very well. So techn- they ca- call it flying, but it's more like kind of hovering. Like she's Falling not great grace. at it. She flies uh, like Buzz Lightyear, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, we obviously say like Malcolm and Robin um, throw the little charger into the water <laughs> for Ruben. <laughs> so, so weird. Hashtag um, pollution. Yeah, I hope so. I hope somebody from the crew dove in and got that after they threw that in. <laughs> yeah, or they should just we should just hear him go thank you and see bubbles like appear at the top. <laughs> um, so Luke and Jessica arrive at Delaney Hall. Uh, the man is still across the road shivering and he's wet himself. Um, Aww. Aww. Jessica says that she's undercover for the Liquor Authority and demands to see a video of the show last night, um, but the tapes have been wiped. I noticed this time that when they're in that sort of office on the wall, there's like a sort of notice board and there's loads of pictures of eyes on that wall. It's kind of weird. It was like a really cool choice. Like there was at least three or four pictures of just giant eyeballs. And then there was like this other picture of a woman looking. I thought it was like kind of like, I guess, a cool choice because it's like even there, Jessica's being watched, you know, like every moment she's being watched by Kilgrave. Um, That's great. And then they do a thing about this man looking at 10-year-olds, and I wrote, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't steal my other quote. <laughs> Gross. Uh, the cameras show Kilgrave on stage, and he's in full David Tennant mode, and it's amazing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love it. It's great. <laughs> oh, so good. It's amazing in this scene. Um, so Jessica tells the guy and Luke to leave, and then approaches Kilgrave. There's purple lighting in the entire place, and I wrote in my notes, badass. Yeah. Jessica walks towards Kilgrave and doesn't stop when he tells her to. And that's Yay. when Kilgrave starts reciting Luke's words to Jessica and then says, oh. I wrote it. Surprise. What did you guys think? This was awesome. Oh, I was God. like, oh, no. Because I was so invested oh. in that Jess and Luke scene. So invested. Yeah. And then completely shattered here. Yeah. <laughs> Me too, Robin. I'm with you. That was so, oh, my God. My heart went in my throat and I'm like, no. <laughs> 
Because it's not just having Luke attack Jess, which is what he could do. He could just Mm. say, kill her, and then, like, Luke attacks her. But it's the fact that he's like, you know, and he says later to her, he's like, every, all those tender moments, it was me, our sexual tension, it was all me. You chose wrong, Jessica. And it's like, oh, it's... And just Luke saying, you think I can forgive you? You killed my wife. Like, oh. oh." Yeah, it's, oh, it's awful. There's a bit as well, I mean, this this fight scene, like, I'd like to know what you guys think, because obviously we haven't had that many fight scenes in in the show as much as Daredevil. The one bit that I was just like, oh, my God, is a bit where Luke grabs Jessica's feet and he slams her on the floor by the feet. And I was like, oh, my God. That's when she tries to jump away. Yeah. That was the only attempted flight or whatever whatever she does. I love that Tennant is is completely acting like a rock god behind the microphone because he's yelling these things, but he's doing rock star poses with the microphone. This is the closest we see him in this series to how he was in uh, Fright Night. You know, when he's uh, Peter Vincent. So good. I love it. And the bit where Luke grabs Jessica through the wall. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. so good. I was wondering if Matt uh, was thinking these. Th- this looked kind of familiar. This whole fight. If what was looking familiar? This fight. Why would it look familiar? Because it was like two Terminators fighting. They just kept like oh, throwing each other into walls. Each other. <laughs> yeah. There's a bit later, which is in the Easter eggs, which are. No, there was there was more punching and stuff going on than yeah, the Terminator yeah. fights. In a Terminator fight, that's literally all they do. <laughs> they just yeah. grab each other's collars and throw each other around. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> So Jessica Jessica manages to throw Luke through the wall, which means that she can run after Kilgrave, but then she sees that all the cops have arrived. She tells them to leave, and then Luke appears and attacks them. Um, Jessica uses the, a cop car door as a shield um, and then uh, manages to grab a, um, a shotgun from one of the cars, and she's begging Luke to stop, and then Luke looks at her and tells her to do what she has to do, and she shoots him under the chin with a shotgun and then she cries Another body. Dead, right? I, I had a problem with this okay right. go on go on it's unbreakable yeah yeah he is unbreakable <laughs> right so right but he could but he could get a concussion from that mm-hmm. even if his yeah, skin's unbreakable that's why that would be my rationalization of why he stopped moving his yeah, but, insides. like, all the times that she's banged his head, like, against the wall and she hit him over the head with a fridge, he should have mm. had a concussion then, too. She was it over the head? I don't know. Mm. She might have uh, pulled back a bit. I mean, the shotgun, you can't really pull back out hard. No. Uh, yeah. Blast hits under the chin. I, I, I mean, I you, you rattle a brain that quickly. Yeah, the person's going to pass out. Yeah, because even my, if your skin's unbroken, right, your fine. brain is still... It's, not it's, like, it's like a jelly in a tin, isn't it? If you... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's not like, dead. Shake it around. No, no, he's not dead. There's no way he's dead. I <laughs> it's so funny. My my wife actually was like, she just killed him. And I was like, uh, yeah, and there's a series called Luke Cage coming up <laughs> later this I will, year. So, I will yeah, say as well in one of the oh, – well, I'll save it for the Easter eggs in a minute. So, yeah, what did you guys think when she pulled that shotgun out? Like, were you guys... It wasn't that heartbroken. <laughs> Aww. Because he's unbreakable. <laughs> <laughs> I know, so, yeah. Yeah. Still, no, I, quite sure. I, I, I feel bad. Like in terms of no, Jessica's I, character and the fact, like yeah. you know, like Moira was saying earlier, that she has this. Her whole thing is not getting people hurt, but she's had to do yeah. this to this to the other the one other person that she cares about. You know, last week Trish got hurt um, because Jessica couldn't, you know, really protect her, and this week she's had to hurt Luke. It's just like, yeah. oh man. Yeah. Or instead of this, she could have just flown away as soon as she got yeah, outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if she could fly, it probably. It's like, I'm not feeling bad for you right now. You could be using power. <laughs> Matt, Matt, let it go. Let it go. No. Oh, God. 
<laughs> this was heartbreaking, though, going into the credits like this. Uh, you know, I knew he wasn't dead, but I also was like, she didn't want to have that kind of fight with Luke. And, and just just how shattering, like the last 24 hours where her, her and mm-hmm. Luke finally like getting some closure on all the all the demons that she's been hiding. And then, you know, he called her a piece of shit, you know, and all this stuff. And now it's all put to rest and they're working together and everything's going great. They're going to take down Kilgrave. And it turns out it's a huge freaking lie. Mm-hmm. And uh, and just like she had to hurt him, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I, this is like one of the f- very few times that Jessica actually cries in the series, and I, I thought that was that was awesome. Yeah, I, I concur, Robin. I think, I think Kristen Ritter played that so well, so and yeah. I was feeling for her. She, oh, she was so torn. It was horrible. And Luke, Luke knows it as oh. well. Like he knows. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Right. So also, I, um, oh, go on. Just I wanted to note one more little funny thing that made me crack up was when. Like the cop ran into the building and Jess is telling the other cop to go, get out of here. And all of a sudden the cop gets thrown out of the building into the other cop. Yeah, (laughs) it was great. It was so great. (laughs) I love the fight scene at the end. I think it's it's, it's so so good. good. Um, You guys ready for Easter eggs? Yeah. Okay, pat pat your pat your pooches. <laughs> so, um, there's a <laughs> my pooch is ready. So there's a few this week. Oh, there's not that many. So the Zalk Lab Z uh, Z A L K. Um, there apparently is no parallel in Marvel. So it's probably going to be named as a reference for something, but at the moment, no one seems to know what. This is going by again. Den of Geek is where I get these Easter eggs, but no one seems to know what it is a reference to. Um, IGH, there isn't an obvious reference to from the Marvel Universe for IGH, but it might be that they are part of Hydra, who obviously are the sort of big bad corporation we've seen in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and in the Captain America movies, or AIM, which is the um, sort of technological big bad corporation from the Iron Man, from Iron Man 3. Um, or my theory, um, which I know is true, but in um, in the comics, sorry to say that there in the Jessica Jones comics, there is a drug known as mutant growth hormone, which is a drug derived from the DNA of mutants, which can give humans a high when they ingest it, like a high of superpowers and they get a high off of it and get addicted oh, to it. Yeah. But in the Marvel movies, we don't have mutants because of the whole um, thing with Fox studio owning mutants. So that's why they've been pushing the Inhumans in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. instead of mutants. So maybe it stands for Inhuman Growth Hormone. And it's a company that are experimenting on um, Inhumans. And that's um, why they get this, this, they do these drugs. And that's what, what he was taking to improve his powers along with the stem cell research. And if they had Inhuman Growth Hormones on the truck that hit Jessica... Or they gave them to her in the uh-huh. hospital. That might explain her superpowers. Mind so, freaking blown. Nice that's job. my my theory. <laughs> so I don't know if it's true or not, but we shall see. I just <laughs> it's just I don't know. Um, or it could be ingrown hair. Just saying. It could be ingrown hair. Uh, at one point, Jessica tells Luke there's a pizza joint on the corner in the comics. <laughs> uh, Luke loves his pizza, so that was quite quite a nice little nod. <laughs> uh, 
Um, and then the last one is one of the bits in the final fight between Luke and Jessica should look f- uh, vaguely familiar if you've seen Captain America, the first Avenger, because in that um, film, at one point, um, when Steve Rogers has only just become, he's only just had the experiment to become bigger and stronger, um, mm-hmm. he's being attacked and he rips a, uh, a door off a, a New York cab and uses that as a shield to defend himself. So it's kind right. of like, a, it's right, like a yeah. to that. And the shield, uh, the car door that he used in that had a star on it, which is what is obviously on his shield at the end. So I thought maybe that was a little nod to, to that fight in Captain America. Uh, and that was one that I picked up that wasn't from Den of Geek, so I need to. I was thinking that was. Tell them. That was <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that was familiar. I was like, that is something that's happened before. But yeah, yeah. I was like, there's de- that. Yeah, I think it must be like a nod to Captain America, which is cool. So now it's time for quotes, and I'm going to ask the lovely Moira Brown if she wants to go first. Uh. And I have none because I didn't do my quote homework. I'm so sorry. I actually have a quote this week. Matt, hey, Mel, yay. Yay. Then in Moira's place. Yes. Goodbye, Ruben. I hope they have free express shipping in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have one which is between Jess and Luke, which is, sorry about the mess. At least it's not on fire. Guess we're both lousy renters. You know what I noticed during that scene when they came into the apartment and then I was like, that couch looks like it's littered in glass shards. Yeah. And then Luke goes and sits down on it and I was like, ow, I know he's, he's unbreakable, but ow. And then Jessica goes and sits down in the glass shards too and I'm like, double ow. <laughs> he's going to stand up and have little shards of glass sticking out of his butt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Robin and Matt. I mean, I have four, so I'll just do the. I'll do my first okay. one on my list. Okay, cool. Jesus, who sent carnations? <laughs> like the worst flower, right? <laughs> <laughs> Matt, have you got any breeders? <laughs> That's one of mine as well. Mm. Uh, uh, I have. Term. I have one, which is. It was funny. It was funny. Oh, I've got one between Trish and Dorothy, which is: Did you see a doorman out there? I did. He said you have imaginary dead bodies in your apartment. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I have three more. <clears throat> I don't know what he put in that banana bread, but damn, it was like crack. Wait, was it crack? <laughs> Should be like, um, uh, I had de- I, I definitely had to do my first uh, uh, Robin quote here. Look, broomstick, you're into me. I get it, but I'm in mourning. <laughs> God. And the last one I have is. Why are you looking at 10-year-olds, man? <laughs> yeah, I love the way he says it. <laughs> Why are you at 10 man? I, I didn't think he was one. literally looking at 10-year-olds. I thought it was, he was just using it to, like... Yeah, as an yeah, example. I think, I think so as well, but it's just the way Luke says it. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. what, what are you doing there, man? <laughs> my last, here's my last one. I'm going to have to clear my throat, okay? You ready? <clears throat> Shut up, you wankers! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Hello, New York! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Robin, right. just no, Robin. <laughs> what? Oh, the accent. It's just. <laughs> you don't like it is very. Accent. It is very Dick Van Dyke, isn't it? It is. Very. Oh Lord. Okay, so we've got three emails this week. Moira Brown, would you like to read one from Nutty in your lovely sultry tones? <laughs> I can do that. Let me. See. <laughs> I'm gonna. Oh, back in my Skype window. More yeah. salt. <clears throat> More sultriness. Or salt. Uh, oh, hang on a moment. 
I've got to see if I yeah, can. Oh, there we go. Click on the little message button. All right. Um, wait, after you say cool, is that what I'm reading? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I forget, right? Okay. <laughs> I forget when it is in the show that Jessica says, only two people in the world I care about. And Trish is confused because there used to be only one. But Luke is number two, clearly. Kilgrave making him blow himself up. Love it. Um, I was duped. I didn't think Luke was still Kilgraved. The writers got me. Every now and then, my spidey sense tingled, but I bought it. I have to think there is no way Kilgrave wouldn't know about Luke's power. It can't just be coincidence that Reba had those files, that Kilgrave wouldn't know everything about her and her husband. Kilgrave has been tweaking his power, his virus, scary stuff. Trish's mom coming back, Jess won't like that. I expect future hell to pay. I wish Trish told Jess about IGH when she saw her. Yeah, okay. I agree. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, so that thread's done. Like, we're just kind of following <laughs> that along, and she's like, no, not now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I agree. She had company. She, didn't want to tell she her could have told company. her by the ele- elevator or whatever and said they mm-hmm. had to talk about Luke. Yeah, she, well, she just wanted to talk about how hot Luke was instead. Yeah. <laughs> um, Enough about your uh, mysterious origins. Uh, <laughs> well, she probably didn't want to do that yeah. then because it's going to kind of, you know, it's going to distract Jessica. So You're created by an ingrown hair. <laughs> oh, God. We've got an email from Heidi. Who would like to read that? Anyone? Read. Yeah? It starts yeah. with, Hey, guys! <laughs> hey, guys! <laughs> Kilgrave got quite a bit of information out of Luke. They're making, really making the point that Kilgrave's power only lasts for 12 hours. I don't know why, but Jessica mentioned it to Luke and Kilgrave said it himself. Luke and Jess investigating together is fun. <laughs> F-U-N. Uh, maybe Kilgrave could make Trish's mother be nice and act like a human being. <laughs> that wouldn't happen. Um... Yeah, I closed my eyes when the man fell on the garden shears. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was pretty gross. I love how they keep using that door as if it's not a door with a broken window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lock yeah. It. He's unlocking it and locking it. We yeah. didn't mention that. It's so funny. Yeah. What's the point? <laughs> and that's why the big deal about the 12 hours. Ugh. It actually crossed my mind that Kilgrave may have talked to him in the park. Now we have a battle of the Titans. Wait, Luke can't die from a gunshot, right? He has impenetrable skin. That was really good. Until next time, Heidi. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Heidi. Heidi. <laughs> yeah, maybe he did. Oh, maybe he did speak to him in the park. <gasps> oh, I don't know. And we have one last email from uh, new feedbacker Carl. Does someone want to read that one, or shall I read it? I can read Carl's. Okay, cool. Since I don't have a Moira voicemail to play. Carl. <laughs> Coral. Hey, at least you're not you know, Coral. That's the, the Walking Dead pronunciation, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to start every every feedback, Robin, saying, "Dear Robin, is your telephone on auto shut off? If so, you bastard! Either that, or you're trying to send me a message. I don't know." Carl's <laughs> um, email starts with "Hey, defendants," which I quite like. Yes. <laughs> We're the defendants. <laughs> I like that too. Because yeah. <laughs> we keep calling ourselves the defenders, but no, they're the defenders. We're the defendlings. Defenderlings. We're the defenseless. <laughs> anyway. 
<laughs> I always look for a podcast to accompany a binge watch, and I really enjoy the Defenders podcast. It's the perfect epilogue to provide a good laugh after the heaviness of the show. Okay. In this age of so much TV, I find I'm very picky at to watch and I'm not engaged by shows with little emotional stakes and no real ties to reality. Agreed. Jessica has pushed the limits of story and emotional depth in this genre and I'm not sure I can take superhero light anymore. Yeah. Mm. That's why I have a hard time sometimes going back to those CW shows. Yeah, well I, I should actually say the subject line for Carl's email says, uh, Jessica Jones has ruined other superhero shows for me <laughs> except Agent Carter and perhaps Daredevil. <laughs> so that kind of explains it. Uh, he continues, I wonder to watch without wondering what they could be. Thanks for all you do. You love the Easter eggs as I would miss many of them on my own, on my own, uh, signed Carl at Mr. Or excuse me, my Vogon poetry, poetry. Wow. Nice. Love um, it. nice reference. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm kind of super picky as well about TV now because I, I don't know. I don't know if you guys find it, but I, I, I'm like that as well with films because I watch so many films and so much TV that it, it takes something kind of special to to really for me to engage with. Um, it, it, I was there's talking to someone. Much yeah, there's so much. I was talking. It's kind of linked, but I was talking to someone about horror films the other day because I'm I've I love horror films. I'm about to do a big horror binge as well, where I was just like I really can only name like one horror film in the last five years that I really loved. Because it's just, you ju I just watch them and I'm just like, ugh, they're just predictable. And, you know, I just am formula. not. Yeah, form, formulaic. And so much TV is as well. And you get sport on it. But particularly with superhero shows, like, I tried to watch Gotham. I just couldn't get into it because I was like. I, oh, that's just shit. So. I just don't care. Um, <laughs> I, I, I tried to watch Arrow. It was okay, but I couldn't really get into it. I, I enjoyed Flash from what I saw of it. I saw about half of the first season. I want to go back. Um, I watched the first episode of Supergirl and I was just like, nope. <laughs> so I don't know. But then also part of it for me is that I might not have the time to sit and watch the amount of episodes I need to actually get engaged in it, you know, to actually give it a fair chance. But I find a lot of shows treat the audience like they're stupid. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I don't like about most shows. Like, This is why I, I'm now doing a different kind of TV watching, except for stuff that's like must-see and I, I, you know, I don't want to like miss out on the conversation. Um, I just wait till halfway through the season and then I just catch up. And I've been doing that for Flash, Arrow, and mm -hmm. uh, Jessica – not Jessica Jones, uh, Supergirl. Um I watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, weekly because um, uh, I write quiz up questions about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm -hmm. And I watch Agent Carter, Agent Carter weekly because um, I listen to the Defenders TV podcast, or at least the part that I can listen to is their mm -hmm. Agent Carter <laughs> coverage. <laughs> uh, so. We should say Friends of the Show, Defenders TV. Friends of the Show. We love yes. those guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I watch, yeah. I watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. still, and I've sort of said that I don't enjoy it as much as Agent Carter, but I still watch it because. It is part of the Marvel Universe, and I think it's, you know, it's something that I'm interested in. There's definitely parts of, you know, the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe we've had that I enjoy more than others, and I've said that. But in terms of, you know, it's good to, it's good to watch it, and I think um, have an overview of what's happening in terms of where Marvel are going. Um, it also helps as well with this podcast, because then if, if there's something, you know, in that that could be referenced, then I can pick up on that as well, you know? So I kind of watch it half out of interest and kind of half out of homework 
Yeah, those CW superhero shows, I just find they're better in the binge format. I just kind of submerge myself into their universe and I, you know, because it's hard to come back to it week after week. I just mm. kind of powered through it without commercials, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know because there's going to be um, there's going to be uh, more shows coming out because, I mean, there's that new one, isn't there? The uh, Legends of Tomorrow, the spinoff of yeah, Arrow and that. the Flash, and I think that started. There's going to be this one called Legion. Oh, we should say that for news. My oh. my, my pick for oh, not happy guys. My pick for to play Iron Fist, Dan Stevens, uh, will not be playing Iron Fist because he's just signed up to be part of the Legion TV series. Not happy. My little heart is broken. He was my choice uh, mm-hmm. for Iron Fist, and this is Dan Stevens, star of our favorite film, Vamps. So we shall see. But hopefully it means they're going to tell us who it is soon. But obviously you've got Legion coming out. There's going to be... Um, I was I was uh, mad about that There's another too. one in development. There's I'm sure there's another TV show in development, like a superhero one I read about. But yeah. There's too many. Yeah. I was mad yeah. about the Dan Stevens thing too, but then I realized that uh, Noah Hawley is uh, the one that's going to be making the Legion show. So yeah, I'm super that, psyched. Yeah, that makes <laughs> me more excited for that show. I mean, I'm Legion, if it was just a, you know, if it was just coming on, it was just another show, I probably wouldn't watch it. But it's Noah Hawley who did Fargo, and Fargo's amazing. Like the TV series yes. of Fargo, it's so good. The writing Marvel's is amazing. Most- show. Marvel's Most Wanted is the um, other one. That's oh, that's it. With, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's just too you many. Know what? Like Mel said, that. it's just, it's going to be too difficult. It's just to overwhelming. You know? Yeah. That's how I feel when I go to the comic store with Matt and we're looking at comics. I'm like, there's just too many comics. Like, how do people <laughs> even keep up with all of this? I don't understand. Just pick one. I'm reading yeah, Preacher awful. right now. I just pick one. Preacher's, it's Preacher's just amazing. Preacher's, Preacher's really good. And that's going to be another comic book series coming out soon, which isn't. I mean, the difference with that is it's not really a, um, it's more like The Walking Dead, you know, it's not a superhero comic book series. So it's a comic book, but it's not the superhero one. So, but yeah, Preacher and American Gods is going to come out, which again is another sort of um, sci-fi one. It's not comic books, but yeah, Preacher is is very good. Like it's worth reading if if anyone's listening. I was going to say, you've just reminded me, me, Mel, um, in terms of like saturation with films, I listened to a review of... um, uh, the Deadpool movie today um, by Chris Stuckman on YouTube, who's a reviewer that I always listen to his reviews. And he's, he, he basically gave it an A+. He, he grades in terms of, like, actual grades. He gave it an A+. He only gave um, an A+, to one film last year, which was Mad Max Fury Road. But he said nice. one of the reasons he loved it so much was he said it was, like, all the way through it was funny. There was no bits. He got about halfway through the film and then was like, hey, there's nothing in this film that I've not liked so far. But he said one of the great things about it is it's very uh, self-aware, as, as a Deadpool movie should be, as mm-hmm. the character is, but not just of the character, but of um, comic book movies at the moment in general. So of mm-hmm. how many there are, how saturated it is. And he said it was very refreshing that it came out at this time. So I'm kind of really interested to see that film. Yeah, yeah. I've heard, I, don't I've... Like, I don't like Ryan Reynolds usually, so... <laughs> I've kind of heard like the opposite of that. <laughs> yeah, I've heard the opposite I, as well. I kind of I, I'm interested to see just from that point of view to see how much they've gone into that. I heard it was like it's going to be super dated in like a year because of the jokes that are in there are all like either oh, topical or like yeah. things from years ago. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine it will be because it is it is um, very much pop culture. You know, it's um, yeah. that's what the character is. That's the character of Deadpool. Um, I'm not that big a fan of Deadpool. I like him in small doses. I've as never a supporting read character, but I've, you know, it'll be interesting to see the film. 
I was going to say, like picking up on what Carl said in his letter about the quality of this show and the the emotional depth that it has. Um, at the at the risk of, I don't want to insult love superheroes a really big comic book person i mean i watched i read some when i was a kid but i as an adult i haven't really kept up with any of that so um normally when i think of a superhero show um i think of it as being a whole lot of romp a whole lot of fun but i don't look to it to have emotional depth you know i mean they're they're big guys and they're fighting and it's all spectacle but i don't take it seriously in terms of characters it's just for fun right but what i really enjoyed about this and about daredevil as well although jessica jones a bit more i think is I don't have to know anything about the Marvel universe because mm-hmm. um, I don't, <laughs> and I can com- well because uh, I don't, and I can completely appreciate these on their own merit because the acting and the writing is good enough that it's engaging me. And the kind of superheroes they are are what you've always said, Claire. They're sort of more realistic in a way. Mm-hmm. They have flaws more and grounded. they can get hurt. Yeah, they're more grounded. So for somebody like me who's not, you know, specifically a superhero genre fan or a comic book fan, I love that these can speak to me. And I think that says a lot about the quality of the mm. writing and the production and everything else. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. it's one of the things I, I said, you know, I think I said in the interview with Edward Reichel, or I might have said on last week's episode as well, the fact that my mum got really into Jessica Jones. <laughs> my mum has never read a comic in her life. She, you know, yeah. doesn't know Spider-Man. Like, she knows nothing about comics. The fact that she really got into Jessica Jones and, like, sneakily watched the last four episodes behind my dad's back <gasps> um, and now cannot wait to watch Daredevil season two is just amazing because... yeah. My mum just really enjoyed it, like really loved it as a TV series. And, you know, not as a superhero show, not knowing anything about comics, like just exactly. really loved it. And that's yeah. that's that's awesome. The fact that I in talk saying about emotional um, investment in characters, obviously with with Daredevil going into that series, I knew that I would have emotional investment in the characters because it's characters that I've it's a character that I've loved, like since I was a kid. But mm-hmm. um, it's a character I have a very... Uh, identify with a lot in some ways um mm-hmm. and uh it's kind of the same thing with jessica jones i'm a big fan of hers but obviously particularly with daredevil like as everyone knows from the facebook group i love daredevil um mm-hmm. but i agree with you in that if you if i didn't have that that attachment to the character just in terms of the writing i i would i i think i still would have really enjoyed the show because it's so well written and and well acted and the, the action is great and it's it's grounded you know i it's, it's, it's sometimes kind of hard for me to think how I would react to these shows if I didn't know the characters. But I <laughs> well, think I would have enjoyed me, You'd them. love them. You'd love them. Yay. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. And I do think we have to keep in mind, it's an adaptation. It's like anything. You take mm-hmm. a, you know, you take a book, you change into a movie like Lord of the Rings. They change all kinds of stuff. You have to just sort of go with it. So I, and because I don't have the background to know, quote unquote, how it was supposed to be, I can just try to, what they're at its own merit and then if i'm poking a hole in it it's because of you know like the virus thing right it's because i'm thinking yeah you could have done that better there's you know what i mean but it's not because i'm disappointed because it's different from the book yeah, you know yeah yeah so yeah i know these these have been just just fabulous <laughs> they really yeah. have been amazing yeah all right moira i'm going to write your name down for my upcoming uh smallville rewatch podcast <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Come co-host with me. I will show you superhero shows. Oh my god! All ten. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, let's. Um, uh, obviously, you enjoyed it, Morris. So let's get your yeah. score. So I have to explain how I got to this score. Ooh, <laughs> so, okay. Okay. So I was going to say at one point 
I was only going to give it nine out of ten. Just pick a bloody number. (laughs) (laughs) Because the Malcolm Malcolm and Robin stuff was just so irritating to me. But then I had to give it back that stolen point because the writers completely suckered me in about the whole Luke being under control thing. Mm -hmm. And I love when I'm duped like that. So I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 nightclubs of evil experimentation. (laughs) Awesome. <laughs> um, Matt, uh, I liked it a lot. Yeah, the the twist got me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> even if he was under control, I still liked I liked them uh, hanging out together and yeah. doing things together. But it, it kind of felt a little bit useless because, like, if he wasn't under control, like what? Like he'd just be there. Like he admittedly wasn't going to go near if, if they caught up to Kilgrave. So what was he there? He's like. I'm just going to hang out with you while you do this. <laughs> I, I'm of no help, but whatever. Anyways, um, I'll give it 9 out of 10 drafts coming from the back of your skull. <laughs> oh, oh, Matt. <laughs> uh, Mel? Um, I, I did enjoy the hanging out parts. That was fun. Hanging out with us? Oh, yeah, I like hanging out with you guys. I like hanging out with Luke and Jessica. Um, <laughs> I didn't like, as I said, like the whole like over the top, like I'm into you again. Surprise. It was actually all lie. <laughs> I don't know. I like I was I was like a little bit shocked, but then I was like, ah, I, yeah, I kind of saw it coming, though, at the same mm-hmm. time. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to give it a I don't know. Seven out of ten pinches of nutmeg. <laughs> i freaking love this episode i fell for every single bit of it um i even got some uh got a kick out of the malcolm and robin scenes just because i was just like boo malcolm and robin you're so outrageous and uh ridiculous and uh i i I, I don't know i mean is this it's great when stuff that you predict kind of pays off but also in a way that surprises you totally because Oh, I was just so invested. I was so happy to see Luke and Jessica like make up and, you know, very emotionally invested in uh, this relationship, I guess. And uh, when it just all turns on its head at the end and freaking Tenet is uh, rocking it uh, behind the mic. <laughs> uh, and that just uh, a super fight. Oh, I freaking was waiting for a great super fight. We got an awesome one. Um, so, uh, yeah, I love this episode and I've already spoiled my rating. So I'll just say it 10 out of 10 padded pooches. Um, yeah, I really love this episode as well. I think like Mel, I kind of picked up on, it might be because I watched like the whole series in one go and I kind of picked up on what was going to happen. Um, because I, I could really feel like some of the beats in the series, like looking at it almost like as one episode. Um, but it, it didn't stop me from really feeling for these characters in the episode. I think the um, any points I'd have to take off would be for Malcolm. Uh, Malcolm and Robin so much that scene, fine, because it was quite short. But Malcolm just being a pissy little bitch going, I'm leaving you. I just I, I just didn't care. Um, 
and also for the the virus thing the fact that it's it's this window and it's like exactly 12 hours and i i, I and it's exactly 100 yards i really don't like that in terms of kilgrave's powers um so i'd remove points for that i love the fight between luke and jessica and also i like the fact that this is the one that i kind of got to see filmed so makes me happy um so i'm going to give it nine and a half out of ten magic word is wankers (laughs) (laughs) all right so our average score is 9.1 almost the highest rating but man nothing could beat that 9.34 it's called whiskey (laughs) Maybe next week. Top episode. Um, we'll talk about next week's episode in a moment. So, lovely Moira Brown. Um, where, thank you very much for guesting, by the way, again. And for thank you for asking me. It was fun. And we will chat to you again in Daredevil Season 2. Yes. Uh, well, hopefully we'll hear your thoughts about the finale next week. That'd be cool. Um, yes. But where can people <laughs> find you if they want to, to track you down online? <laughs> well, I'm Moira Brown with an E on Twitter. Um and I'm sending feedback to various places <laughs> and expressing my obnoxious opinion. That's mostly where you find me. And in back episodes of Fishercast, the Six Feet Under podcast from like three years ago now Yay. or four or something. It's a Six Feet Under retrospective, actually. Yes. Okay, fine. Oh, Mr. Bossy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, do you know what, Robin? We had a new person join the Facebook group yesterday. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I know. It kills me. It's like I get people joining Carnicast all the time, and I'm like, oh, uh, cool. Not, yeah, it's cool. we're not recording That's anymore, cool. but cheers. Okay. <laughs> hey, but, but you're very welcome. Yep. <laughs> anyway, so, um, lovely co-hosts. Do you have anything to plug this week? Have you been up to any mischief or anything in particular? Uh, I just did a new episode of my video game podcast with Matt A. Uh, Matt is wrong about games, and I also just did a new episode of Twin Peaks podcast. We did a uh, recording for uh, the commentary for season two, episode two. Nice. I'm going to download that. Yay. Uh, It's not up yet. I got to edit. Oh, okay. It'll be up soon. Probably (laughs) by the time. Um, I've gotten suckered into starting a new podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I I don't think the same audience is for this podcast as it is for uh, Defenders. Uh, uh, Steph started uh, getting all excited about Dawson's Creek. <laughs> oh, jeez. What, so, so what? Is that a, re- the re- a remake or is that like the old one? Oh, no. I, as Steph revealed to me in our introduction episode, the reason why we're doing this podcast is so if there is a uh, a revival of Dawson's Creek, we'll obviously get cast as extras. Um, <laughs> but uh, I've challenged Didn't her that we're going to... remake gonna... Dawson's Creek as One Tree Hill? Yeah, <laughs> I've never seen it, so maybe, maybe. Uh, so we're going to be uh, going over uh, episodes of Dawson's Creek uh, as kind of like an after-party show when we do the Eye Zombie podcast. I told her we only can do uh, thirty minutes an episode, and we have to be done with all six seasons in one year. So uh, wow. we'll be covering multiple episodes wow. in every podcast. I don't know who it's going to be for, but Steph wanted to talk to me about it and wanted to record it. So whoever wants to listen to us talking about it for thirty Hilarious. minutes. Cool. I know. <laughs> I love that Steph's like Robin. You have to watch Dawson's Creek. <laughs> well, I was kind of like uh, I, I've been thinking about doing a rewatch of that because I remember that show. I don't remember anything about this show, but I know it meant a lot to me like almost twenty years ago. Aww. <laughs> so cool. uh, look for that. I don't. We don't have any sort of feed established or website or anything. I, I don't even expect us to even start as a website or anything like that. This is going to be just. 
dumb re- recorded conversations with me and my uh, podcasting partner for life stuff. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've had a couple of people from the like message me from the group asking if I've seen the new X Files, and I've said no, I haven't because I've obviously I've mentioned x files podcast that i did before um the reason being is that i am still on season eight and we won't be watching the new ones until probably the end of this year when we finish season nine but we are i think about uh, eight episodes through season eight um so yeah but i just thought i'd mention that because a couple of people have asked me and i was like no not allowed to watch them not allowed any spoilers um so uh, yeah talk to me about them (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah talk to robin so anyway next week guys we will be covering the finale smile i want your predictions please can i i i I, all all i have is a like a hype uh basically uh like i said i've I've been talking to steph and and steph's basically said uh she turned on the finale at her work and people kept walking into her office going what the hell are you watching? <laughs> like completely aghast. So she just told me that. That's all. <laughs> wow. She can watch stuff at work. Oh, yeah. Good for her. Um, I think it's going to be, they're going to open up a photography studio. <laughs> and hey, they're going to. Luke and Jessica. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, yeah, that's what they're going to, they're going to keep uh, telling people to smile because nobody like wants to smile anymore. Because mm. it's such a bleak you know, it's such a bleak part of the city. And then Kilgrave will appear and go, smile! And then they'll have to smile. Yes, and yeah. then they'll have to, everyone will have to smile. No, he's the one that, like, waves the toy. He's Aww. the photographer. They just own the, he, like, waves the toy at the children, and he's like, smile! Smile, smile is the only command that Kilgrave can get Jessica to do. Like, it's the only one that still works. Yes. <laughs> so he uses it. He's like, smile, smile, smile. And she's, like, walking forward. She's, forward, like, oh, she's walking it. forward slowly to kill him, but she can't help but smile. <laughs> also, I happened to glance at the, the description of this episode uh, like weeks ago uh, because Uh-oh. stupid Netflix. And um, I've been so excited. Oh. <laughs> hmm. I think I know why. Yeah. <laughs> Something from the description. Well, we shall see. Um, but yeah, that will be next week. So Moira, you get to take us out with an Excelsior Awesome. Excelsior! Yay! That was the most adorable Excelsior. (laughs) Notice she said almost. Uh, That's weird. Bye, guys. (laughs) Bye. 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 (laughs) Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenders podcast or on twitter at defenders pod defenders podcast is created under a creative commons attribution non-commercial no derivatives 3.0 unported international license that means you can share it you can send it to your friends you just can't make any money off of it you can't change it and you have to link back to us and our site excelsior